I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Second Take Variety Hour. The Second Take Variety Hour is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Welcome to the Second Take Variety Hour. Oh God, Seb didn't think of an intro. Mm, nope, I can land this ship. Um, it's a ship, it's a plane. Um, nope, well, as nope, we all know do from it. our favourite film, The Watchmen, if you're ever in trouble in a, in a flying craft and the engines are stalling, all you have to do is pull up and that will make the engines work. You've got to pull up real hard. But yes, <laughs> that's some good flying advice for you right there. He was trying to pull up the entire time, I assure you. Um, I'm Sebastian. Hello. I'm Andy Schossler. Hello again. I'm Jordan. How are you going? And yeah, Welcome. Yeah. So it's thank good you. Good to be here. This is a, a new one for me, Variety Hour. So, so you haven't you not listened to one of these yet? I listened to one on my way here today. Ooh. And I nearly turned around because you spoke ill of Gina from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and I'm not going to stand for that. <laughs> I still stand by that myself. I don't like her either. We'll, we'll meet outside <laughs> afterwards and we can uh, we can discuss that. She's the worst hands. part of the show. Uh, look, she's <laughs> just she's not great, but she's so good because she's not great. It's such a oh, no, strange character. I get it. The show would not be the same without her. Yeah, but not. she's <laughs> still irritating. I love her. Well, if you're joining us for the first variety hour, good on you. Welcome to the <laughs> welcome to the welcome to the party. Eventually, we all just bring something to the table that we either like to put over or bury. Um, have a bit of a chat about that. Can be pretty much just anything, just anything really. One time, Alex, who's not here today because poor time management, uh, reviewed a napkin. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we try to avoid that, but it did actually happen. It's canon. We allowed that to occur into into a recording. It was good so, content. Um, it was actually a yeah. really thorough review. I, I it was really pissed off because I was like, that was actually probably your most thorough review you've ever done. <laughs> How much of it did he eat? He didn't eat the napkin. He ate like some taco, but like he bit into like a taco or something, and then he used the napkin. I'm absolutely certain he took a chunk out of the napkin as well. So no, he had this weird thing where he uh, he opened his mouth into like a full circle and like <laughs> used it to like sculpt clean his lips in a weird way. Like imagine like a goldfish or just a koi doing it. Anyway, that's what he did. Like he didn't eat the napkin, but he was, yeah, he was throating. It was weird, man. It was excellent radio. Yeah. I'll it, have to go back for that one. <laughs> it was just the, just visually. So I didn't like it. All right. Um, so a bit of a preview. What are we talking about today? Well, one of my favorite uh, YouTube channels, Vsauce, and Michael Stevens went on to do um, a, a more serious science show, a, a discovery show called Mindfield. And for whatever reason, it's se- it, it's still a, a YouTube premium show, but it's available for free at the moment. I don't know for how long. Hmm. So I caught a few episodes of that, and I just want to talk about one in particular. That's right. I'm doing a YouTube channel called 
Pony Smasher, which I've actually just, I was sharing with um, Jordan earlier today. Um, effectively, it's the filmmaker who, uh, we spoke about him in, in Joker briefly, um, but he's the guy that did Lights Out, Annabelle Creation, right. and Shazam. But he has like a little film tutorial channel. Oh, cool. And he's continued it on since starting his big old um, Hollywood films. And it's just really interesting because he's just showing you, hey, budgets suck. Here's what you can do at home on your own little <laughs> shitty budget. Very good. And here's how I use it in my films. And this is how good it can look and stuff. So, yeah, a bit of a bit of a chat about that fun channel. And I have brought to the table Ari Aster's most recent film, Midsummer. Ah, yes. Which I have put over constantly to Seb and I'm about to do again now. <laughs> yeah, please do. I'd love to hear about it because it's... It's a bit out of my wheelhouse, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, Andrew, you got something? Indeed. So M- Michael Stevens' show Mindfield, um, I think it's in its third season. Um, and what he d- it's about a 25-minute show, half-hour show, and he takes one topic and just explores it. If you're familiar with Vsauce, it's, it's very much like that, just a very in-depth, sophisticated version of it, and it just sticks to one topic and kind of delves deep. So there's uh, one episode that I saw that I... I'm very into um, not aliens and ufology as a you know thing that exists or you have to do it. Just the idea of uh, um, uh, SETI and and actually finding you know extraterrestrial life and coded messages and things like that. And how would we ever you know communicate with um, with a different species, you know, intelligent or otherwise? Have you know we even have trouble communicating between ourselves sometimes. So why would we expect that to be easy in any way? Um, so the the topic of the show was how to talk to aliens, and it talked in there. Um, uh, Sorry, can I? Is it really slow and loudly? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I assume that's how you do it. Like well, when you talk to people like the markets in a foreign country. <laughs> <laughs> he talked about one, um, like there's there's SETI, the search for extra um, uh, terrestrial intelligence. I didn't know, but there is a METI organization, and that stands for messaging extraterrestrial intelligence. They're deliberately sending out messages, right? Okay. Back in the 70s when SETI was starting out and people started to realise that, okay, we can pick up radio signals from from space um, in order to map the cosmic uh, microwave background. Um, we can also, you know, if anybody's transmitting any radio signals, we'll p- pick up those as well. There was a... That's when SETI started and people started... You know, searching for any sort of signal that was not natural. And this idea kind of came around, well, okay, what would ever happen if we did get a message? What would we what would we do? Would it even make sense? How could we do it? And then people started thinking about what messages we were sending out and how they would be interpreted. Uh, interpreted. Uh, <laughs> and then the idea came about, well, maybe we should be trying to restrict what we what we send out uh, because maybe letting aliens know that we're here could be a very dangerous thing if they're technologically advanced enough at least in human history um, the technologically advanced civilization that discovers a, 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 a less advanced one always has taken it over and, and destroyed it essentially at least culturally right um, if not literally destroyed it and, and just taken everything over how does a series play into that movie frequency where um, they're talking to, is it dead Dennis Quaid? Dead. Yeah. Um, is it anything like that? Um, that was a time travel thing. It wasn't... He was dead though. He was talking to his dead, his dead father, right? Yeah, there wasn't aliens. So it doesn't tie in is what you're saying. 
not the, the, in any way. Oh, okay. That's disappointing. <laughs> but anyway, they... they was um, his dad a fireman? Someone was a fireman in this film, right? <laughs> he, he, was a, a fire he was a fireman. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm doing it. I remember my 90s schlock. <laughs> so they ran an interesting experiment with a group of math people. Um, <laughs> Mathematicians. <laughs> Back in the 80s, Carl Sagan and, and a few other people developed this message that was uh, beamed down. Uh, and it consisted of... Um, a number of, of uh, audio tones that signified um, basically in, in, in binary and the idea being that it would be mapped out on some grid and it would form an image, right? Uh, and that that would be, that would form the basis of some communication, you know. But it's, you know, the resolution's really horrible on it and you can kind of see a stick figure person that we know it, but would anybody recognise that? They, Michael Stevens on, on the show did the did the experiment of Let's just take that same message and randomize it to see if this this group of people, first of all, can decipher it and get something meaningful out of it. And uh, the experiment was about would they read into um, would they read into the the message in any way, or would they realize that it's just jargon and not and not to progress any any further. Um, and it was just very interesting to watch alongside them just having this audio message and. Trying to trying to decode it and, and and get something get something out of it. They did end up um, finding out that the number of tones was a specific number that um, factored back into two prime numbers. Um, they then used that as the basis of a grid to map out you know the the tones in binary uh, zero and one essentially for for what was going on, and they just got this random noise. And they realized pretty quickly that okay that looks kind of meaningless. We can't really pursue this an, a, any further. But it was really interesting to watch how they, not knowing about the message, not knowing about its intention at all, kind of got there. Okay. So either that says that humans think alike to each other at some fundamental level, or maybe you know, sending messages like like that is a is a good idea because yeah, eventually people will explore di- different ways of, of of trying to decipher it. Just the idea of trying to think of what right? kind of message you can send out to, let's say. Aliens, you know, whatever, but having no context for what they are, where they're from, and anything, and trying to send something that is or how they perceive universally the world. accessible. Do they well, have too. Do they have vision at all? Can they can they hear? Yeah, I mean, like there are some, you know, some cultures that you know, lifting your pinky out in a certain way is the same as flipping them the bird in other cultures. To the point, like you know, let's think base level. Let's bring this down <laughs> as dumb as possible. We send them a, a smiley face emoji. That yep. could be a declaration of war yep. for all we yep. know. And that's what I mean. Like there's just the idea of why say anything because without any context, it could be anything. Even that's, if it was that's received. the first question to answer is why say anything? And then if you decide to say anything, well, what do you say? Yep. And how on earth do you say it? Because you can't use language. Uh, you, you can't use speech as, a, as we know it. What's yeah. the um, Spielberg? Is it Close Encounters of the Third Kind? Third kind yeah. Yes. It's like the flashing lights and the tones and stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, it seems crazy though, right? Like how that would work. Yeah. I mean, yeah, God, that's so complicated. Fuck. It, it, it really is. It, it seems like something that is, is kind of trivial to begin with and you kind of think, yeah, okay. So, so you just yeah, send out a list of prime numbers. You'd, and you'd think about, because like you think about like, oh, you know, for all the talk people have of like, you know, communicating with, you know, aliens or, you know, otherworldly beings. Yeah. Like, how do you do it? Like, yep. what do you do? 
And what do you send? Yeah. You know, how do you send it? Because you're kind of restricted to radio waves. So, you know, doing an an, an on-off tone kind of works. Um, But other than that, it it becomes a bit more complicated because Mm. any software you use to decode something into a radio frequency would have to be decoded at the other end. So you can't make a complicated series that because it might just be picked up as garbage on the other end yep so you have to you have oh. to make the decoding process as easy as possible but if you make it too simple your message can't be very uh complicated it mm. can't tell a lot of information so it's yeah it's a very interesting idea of how to structure yeah. a message for people who you know you have no idea how to how to communicate with and there is a website that he Intrigued. talks about on the show as well called uh, spacespeak.com mm. You can head on there and uh, transmit a, a, an image or, or or an audio file beamed into space. Oh, that's a bad thing to give me <laughs> <laughs> for a very low price, actually. Oh, I've got to pay. Oh, you have to pay, but it's a dollar fifty for any image or audio limited to one hundred and fifty kilobytes for a twenty-four hour broadcast, continuous broadcast. It's five dollars, and for an annual broadcast. On, on the same date every year, it's $25. How reasonable. And it's just one guy with a radio antenna and a, and a laptop, and that's, that's what he so does. So basically, you guys need to beam this podcast into space. <laughs> I was thinking just beaming <laughs> porn into space. So, but no, Jordan's, that's a much better idea. <laughs> but I was like, oh, that's, in your, uh, what could you do? Yeah. Yeah. God. But it's, it just started me down a very interesting path. Well, of, yeah, how yeah. would we? When they discover, like, you know, in, in the world, there's still some tribes on certain islands which are fully isolated and they've mm-hmm. got their own culture and we don't, you know, just based on disease, we effectively don't introduce ourselves to them because they don't have, you know, same immune systems. We want to kill them and all that. When they do make contact with such, such groups of people mm. and they're speaking a language that just isn't known or used, yep. how... What are the steps they take to actually... How do you speak to someone if you have no basis for their language? Well, first of all, you have to put your weapons down. Okay, step one. <laughs> yep. No, and I mean, that's for them as well. If they're violent, then you're not going to get anywhere. Oh, yes. I mean, let's yeah. say let's say they, they want to communicate. Yeah. Let's take the big leap and yeah. say that they're happy to chat, but there's no commonality between... Like, it's me. I'm, yeah. I, I don't speak any other language. Let's you, say it's someone just... And they, they're speaking full Russian. I don't know what any Russian at all. Did you ever, did you ever see Arrival? No. With, uh, no, I did not. Um, what's her name? Not Jodie Foster. It's a discount Jodie Foster. Um, uh, Lois Lane. No. no. No, she is Lois Lane. She was in... She's Lois Lane. She was in Hannibal. Was she Lois Lane? I don't know if she was in Hannibal. Oh, God, I can't remember her name now. Um, I've forgotten her Julie, name. Julie... Jeremy Renner's in it as well. Yes. Um, it's Amy Adams. Yep. No. No, it is. I just looked it up. Is it? Who <laughs> yep. am I thinking of? Uh, you were thinking of... In Hannibal. In, in Julie Han- someone. Oh. It is Amy Adams, yes. But no, that's not what who I was thinking of originally. Yeah. Anyway, well, I haven't seen it. Yeah, uh, good, good film, and that's entirely about aliens that communicate in a completely different way to to us. And how on earth do you start to decipher messages and communicate with them? Yeah, and what? Yeah, and and like okay, so somebody's speaking a a, a different language. Yeah, how on earth do you do you start to communicate well, with them? If you hold up a mug, do they think? And and you say mug. Do they think you're saying mug or the stuff in the mug? Or is it, you know, the action that drinking well, is I think as humans, we have a context because yeah. it's based around our surroundings. Even if it's basic, like let's say, let's say I do go to one of these, you know, untouched civilizations. If I pointed at a tree, I listen to what the tree is. If I pointed at a laptop, yeah, I'd be confusing them regardless of whether if I yes, said laptop or but not. I, no, but but are you saying, saying problem. 
But are you saying tree or are you saying this is firewood or are you saying that you're not allowed to be on this tree? Yeah. Or are you saying that I like this tree or this is this is not poisonous or this is poisonous? Yeah. What are you saying? No, no, I get yeah. you. But at least yeah. at least with humans, there's some base level of context. Like we can at least acknowledge I'm talking in some regard about this thing, whether you know I'm talking about the tree, the bark, the yes. apples it's growing. Yeah. We at least know that's the subject matter. Yeah. And we'll kind of, I reckon we can get there, but if you're talking to something that has no context of anything <laughs> on earth, maybe trees are just from earth, for example. Like let, yeah, let's say there's possibly. no there's no equivalent yep. from wherever they are. Yeah, yeah I, just, I could be holding a mug up and saying mug <laughs> and they could be looking at going, is that a weapon? Is that yep. an, is that yep, an, that's it, right. Yeah, is that a fish? You know, like. <laughs> so the way you start to communicate is just from exposure and patience. Yeah. It's a show and tell really. Show and tell. <laughs> oh, look, we did it. <laughs> All right, Jordan, what do you have? Uh, so I went out to see a movie by the name of Midsummer. Um, basically, it's by Ari Aster, who made Hereditary, which came out last year. I still haven't seen that. Mm. I, I, this is going to sound really difficult. No spoilers for Hereditary, because I know there's stuff going on. It's on Netflix. I'm getting to it. Sure. I just haven't had time yet. I'm going to try to avoid spoiling this movie as well, because okay. I feel like it will ruin the enjoyment if you do go out and watch it. Yep. Um, yeah, basically, it's about... Um, this it's fo- focused mainly around uh, like a relationship which has been going on for a while. It's not particularly good. It's definitely on its way down the tubes, so to speak. Um, basically, I'll spoil the start of the movie because it's not super important. Um, basically, this girl is in a relationship with this guy. Um, the girl's sister, who is bipolar, uh, kills both herself and their parents. Oh, charming. Yeah, <laughs> which sends her into uh, obviously a bit of a... Um, I don't know, almost like a manic state in a way. Um, and basically at the same time, her boyfriend and a bunch of his college friends are planning a trip back to Sweden. Okay. Um, because one of them has come from Sweden to go to college. He's taking them back so that they can experience a traditional uh, Swedish summer solstice. Ah, okay, right. Yeah. So they um, wind up taking her with them against though their will because <laughs> they don't like her at all. <laughs> Um, yeah, they all go off and they arrive, go back to this guy's, um, I guess his village where he grew up. Um, you know, everyone within the group is yeah. his, his family. Um, and then they, I guess they obviously think it's just going to be, yep, cool festivities, all that sort of thing. As the festivities roll on, it gets a little, uh, a little strange and a little sinister, which is where ah. I'll leave the spoilers. But um, it's just a really, really good film. Like, sort of from the very get-go, it just immerses you. Like, it's it's a pretty long movie. It's like two... I think the theatrical cut was like two and a half. And I also watched the director's cut, which was closer to three. There's no problem with length as long as you have a story to accompany it. That's it. And, like, from the very get-go, like, you just get so immersed in it because of the way that, like... Arias is a very visual storyteller, I okay. find. Like, his films look really nice. They're shot really creatively. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything from, like, the lighting, the colours, the sound design, even down to sound is just, like, really puts you in the movie. So the time just kind okay. of flies by because you're good. just following. Good, and yeah. you, you, it almost feels like you're not, like, almost kind of like you're there in a way, like, because you're that kind of focused on it. Is and that the same for Hereditary? I, I think so. Okay. I personally think so, yeah. And, um, yeah, it basically, it's just one of those movies where... You kind of would go into it like, oh, yeah, it's a horror movie, so you've got these kind of preconceived notions of, of what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. But it kind of circumvents that immediately just because of its setting being based in Sweden in the summertime. The film's almost entirely in the daylight. Okay. Yeah. And so from there, it's just... 
it's hard to talk about without spoiling it because you don't you want to go into it without really knowing what happens but it's a movie where similar kind of to joker in that like it's really uncomfortable to watch because ah, okay. it's just so like i don't know sort of how to describe it but like it just has this really creepy undertone the entire time because like all the villages and stuff they're obviously very nice but you just have this underlying tone of like dread of like something's not right here and then when it finally kind of clicks and they start to see what the festivities are actually all about <sighs> that's when it just kind of puts the pedal down and it's just like sort of full steam ahead um and yeah it's not like it's a very psychological movie like it kind of makes you feel uncomfortable and keeps you guessing as to what's actually going on rather than being a horror movie that's like based on you know gore and stuff like that and just kind of shocking there is scenes in the movie that are like pretty visually shocking sure the use of gore is like really really brief and it's used so briefly that it's more effective that way i find um but yeah it's just I can't talk about it too much without spoiling everything, but it, definitely go out and watch it, especially if you've seen Hereditary and you enjoyed it. It's very similar in its uh, presentation and its tone. Um, I think okay. Ari Aster, whatever he does next, is probably going to be even better. He's like two for two now. Those were his first two films. So as a, as a thriller, would you recommend Midsummer over Hereditary? I personally like it more. Okay. Um, but they're both like pretty much on a level as far as being like great films. Mm. I personally enjoyed the story and the subject matter of Midsummer a bit more, but Hereditary definitely has its place as well. Okay. And yeah, I feel like he's probably one of those directors similar to um, what we spoke about when we were talking about Joker. Um, he's someone who could probably go and do a really good comedy or something different, like completely different from what he's done so far because he's such a like striking visual storyteller. Interesting, yeah. Because like everything in the movie is very... Um, there, there's a lot of like telling, but there's also a lot of show. Yes. So like, it's a movie that you probably like, if you watch it a couple of times, you'll start to pick up on things earlier that, um, you know, to lead to things later on in the movie. Okay. Um, especially like within the village, there's a lot of like just stuff going on where it'll be something like in the background or something that's just shown really briefly that leads to like a bigger part of the story afterwards. And it's just interesting. Foreshadowing used in film. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) What What an interesting idea. No, no. Everything's random all the time. (laughs) Well, a lot of like a lot of movies that are similar to it, like I don't feel like you get a lot of creative foreshadowing in the horror genre, like as much. Okay. I probably like in some movies like that are more psychological based, but for the most of them, I think they're mostly just like, this is this, they're all gonna die. Enjoy. Yeah, it seems to be like movies that rely on a jump scare. Yeah, exactly. Uh, lose, Lose that subtlety. Yeah, which is what this is definitely isn't. Like, there's parts that are, like, jarring and scary, but they're not, like, jump scares. They're very well, like, built to. Okay. And, yeah, I yeah, definitely recommend it. It's – I'm pretty sure you can grab it on iTunes now. It's not been out for a very long time, but it got, like, a delayed release here, so mm. it was only in cinemas, like, about two months ago, I think. Oh, right, okay. So I saw it, yeah, like, two months ago and then maybe, like, a month ago. Uh, my local cinema screened the director's cut, so right. I went and watched that. And um, yeah, it's on iTunes now. I highly recommend it, that and Hereditary, uh, especially if you're into like horror movies or anything that's a bit more sort of psychological. Excellent. Psychological. Seb's Christmas list. Not yeah. the horror part, but the psychological <laughs> part. Yes. I just, I jump scares, man. I just, just don't like them. Yeah. But it sounds like I'll be safe with this one. You'll be fine. On some level. The only parts that are like jarring and scary, they built to and you, you see them coming oh good i can deal with that then i think you'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> so i'm only going to brief one of the chat about but it's a youtube channel called pony smasher 
So it's director uh, David S. Sandberg. Um, he did Lights Out, Annabelle Creation, and Shazam. Those are the three features he's done. Everything else has just been short films, mm-hmm. which you may or may not have heard of any of them, but Lights Out was actually a short film to begin with. Yeah. Um, you've probably seen... Is that the one where the... Where light the switch on and off? Lady, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Very famous. I mean, I thought that was just a... I didn't realise that was that, that was him. Yeah, so that's uh, what kind of got him the gig. Yeah. In, yeah, they got him to make the uh, the full length version. It's kind of like I'm, what happened with Saw. Like, here's a short 10 minute yes, version. Yeah. Oh my God, it's amazing. Here's all the money in the world go. <laughs> um, here's Donald Glover. <laughs> Donald Glover? No. Danny Glover. Danny Glover. There we go. I was like, did the wrong one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Carrie Ells. In Saw? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Doctor. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So, yeah, um, he effectively goes through and shows you how to do things on a budget um, filmmaking wise okay, which yes. is super cool um, but he's still continuing it on he has a bunch of like behind the scenes stuff of him like making Annabelle creation and stuff as well so you can see like what he went through and he goes through like there's a whole video just based on like how much problem solving is involved with oh, directing cool. and making a film um, and he uses like actual examples like the one I watched was um, in Shazam his costume person came to him and said, cool, so all the kids are wearing the, these outfits in this film. Now, the next time we see them, they're going to be in this scene and then this scene. And they will be wearing their jackets in there and there, but they're not currently wearing their jackets. So we need an excuse for them to how have their clothes changed okay. because they're going to be wearing those new clothes for the rest of the film until it ends. Yep. And it was the, it was the scene where, so Billy Batson's run away and they're, all the foster kids are coming out of the house and the parents are getting in, and they're about to go look after him. And they're like, no, wait, you stay here in case he comes back home. And then they get into the van and they drive off to get Billy. So all the kids have got their jackets on and stepped outside of the house, just be like, oh, and then go back inside of the house. And that's when the bad guy rocks up and takes them all hostage. So they've got all their jackets on, even though they were inside rather than uh, outside. Nice. Okay. And because in the original version, they were meant to be like watching in the windows as yes. the parents go to leave. But now they had to like kind of come and then get sent back immediately. Right. And so they had to do that on the, on the, on the, on the day just to give an excuse for them to wear the jacket. But then also one of the kids was missing because they were filming a TV show at the time. So they couldn't be on set <gasps> on the outside scene to put the jacket on. So they had to film an extra bit of her inside <laughs> being really, really slow in putting her jacket on. So she just gets up to leave as they all walk back in. But all these things they had to add in just so their costumes yeah. would match up. And he's like, and it's like every day, it's just like, how do you make this fit with this and this and this and this? And it was really, <laughs> really cool stuff. Because okay. he's using actual films that you've seen as examples and not just like his little, yeah. you know, here's the thing I did in, he's not in high school. He's making yeah. you know, sh- little shorts for the for the channel. No, he's like yeah. using footage of like, here's, here's Shazam. It's like, so it's good. my film, here yeah. you go. Um, so yeah, it was really- yeah, how, how refreshing to see somebody who is, you know, under these multi-million dollar budgets, yeah. you know, saying, yeah, this is just how we do stuff. Oh, and he's like, and you also find that, you know, just just roll with the compliments. People, because <laughs> it's like, people are going to say like, oh, I, I loved it how, because Dala, I think it was, is the little girl that was really yeah. slow. With putting the little young on. one with the with the pigtails, yeah. Yeah, 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 and her superpower when she shazams up is like super speed. Yes. And they're like, oh, I love the art yeah. you gave her, yeah. and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah sure, yeah. I did <laughs> that. <laughs> so he's just like, yeah, just just take him, just go with it. But it was, it was really good stuff. Um, and he's like going through like here are the stages you're gonna hit when you're like putting your you know together your first short film and stuff. And he's like, you're gonna love it when you're filming, and then when you get your first cut, you're gonna be like, what have I done? This is terrible. <laughs> and then you're gonna start liking it halfway through, and by the time you get to your final cut, you've seen it so many times, you just think it's trash. <laughs> it's like, so you you go in and up out of, in and out of depression during the cycle of actually putting it all together and stuff. It's good stuff, but um, yeah. So Pony Smasher, 
good stuff if you're interested in either getting involved in film or just interested in seeing some of the behind the scenes stuff. And he's cool in a way. He does his own, um, some of his own VFX, just using like a bunch of free programs, but also a couple yeah. that cost. And he was going through the process of in an actual like proper film, how that whole process works. And he's like, well, I would do as much as I could before handing it over to the actual uh-huh. studios um, guys, just because there were just things that I could do. And he's like, yeah. in his case, like if I can do it, I'm just going to do it myself. Yeah. yeah. But the stuff that's obviously just out of my you know hands, cause I'm not a VFX artist. Yeah. And yeah. So it was, it's really interesting. His hands on as he's trying to be, but within the scope of his role. So, How refreshing. Yeah. Mm. So good stuff. I enjoyed it. Mm. So like I said, nice to quick one. Go watch it. It's fun. Pony Smasher. Pony Smasher. Yep. Will do. He did have a fun little one about um how test audiences work. <laughs> and like, well, here are the good things about them. Here are the bad things about them. And yeah. just, you know, when you have a test screening and you hear like leaked results of them, he's like, sometimes they are, they are, the leaks are relevant and most sometimes they're not. And he goes into like what it actually means because mm. he's like half the time if you do a test screen, there's like four different cuts of the film going through at any one time. And if someone's like, yeah, I saw it and it's, it's stupid and this, this and this happened. Like, yeah, we that's never going to come out. <laughs> <laughs> but... We've got to do it, you know, up against the other versions, just so we can, you know, if, if there's anything salvageable from it. It's like, right. but half the time, you know, what you hear is so far from what will actually be released of that course. it's always so irrelevant. But yeah, all right. Thank you very much for joining us again, Jordan. No problem. Ooh. We'll be back on Monday for Watchmen. Certainly will. Isn't mm. that exciting? Good time. Oh, Good time. Yeah. I can't wait. You can wait. <laughs> you can't wait. No. You know what? Can't wait. Instagram. You can find us there at Second Take Podcast. Or if you live in the future, you can tweet us at Second Take TNC. If you live in the last week, you can check us out on Facebook. Search for Second Take Podcast. That's pretty much it, yeah. yeah. Uh, our website, secondtakepodcast.com. You can send us an email at secondtakepodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the show, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash secondtake. And if you're living in Brisbane, we'll be doing a live show at Brisbane Supernova on November ah, yes. the 9th. Time still to be decided, roughly 4.30. Who knows? But we'll find that out for sure. <laughs> and it'll be up on our Facebook. But if you're in the area, come along and you can hear our review of Street Fighter, Mm-mm-mm. which will also make its way onto this feed as well. Um, no apologies about the audio quality. That'll be what it is. Um, but enjoy. Terrific. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 